Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance, and for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Out of Day with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Good morning and welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation, with promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And it's our goal, as always, to empower you, the listener, <laughs> to knowing and impacting the world around you. <laughs> and it's always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. By calling in the live line to get your thoughts, insights, opinions on the air, 347-237-5230. That's the live number to do that. Uh, chat room, I just gave up on it. It's not going to come up. I don't know what's going on with the chat room. So we're, just, we're going to work on that and see if we can get that up. But um, hit us up on uh, Twitter. We're on Twitter at Prophesy. We're on Facebook, the Zero Network. Uh, follow the page. Follow the show. If you have any comments, questions, or anything that you want to uh, let us know about, send us an email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com, all one word. And, of course, we have the blog, LorenzoTNeal.wordpress.com, so you can uh, try to update that regularly. we got some other stuff that's going to be added to it. So, hey, we're all over the place. Skype us. Tweet us. Call us. However you want to get in touch with us, get in touch with us. And, um want to say thank you to everybody. I, I've been gone a week. We didn't broadcast last week because I was celebrating my birthday. Hallelujah. I was celebrating my birthday, and I'm glad to see another year of life. And I got me a wonderful birthday present that I'm going to talk about. But before I go any further, before I forget, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we just want to say thank you for the day. We praise you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for everything that you have allowed us to do. And we thank you for another chance to broadcast here on Zero Day. Bless the broadcaster broadcaster, the listeners, and everyone. We praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I I had a wonderful I had a wonderful week. I had a wonderful birthday celebration and got the best birthday present a person could ever ask for. I am a proud papa. <laughs> I had a new puppy. New puppy that I just named Jackson and Jackson is in the studio with me and and tell you if I sound distracted that's because this little joker is distracting me. He's so cute. Little mixed terrier lab. Um, eight weeks old. And uh, we've been fun learning each other. It's been an interesting adjustment. And right now he decides he wants to chew on everything. I don't know why dogs do that. But, you know, puppies just want to chew on everything. And, and right now he, he thinks my, my finger is a, a, a chew thing. <laughs> Something to chew on. So I, I'm trying not to be affected by it. But, you know. He he's just chewing up on everything, so I, I find stuff for him to gnaw on, play around with. Earlier, while I was uh, doing show prep, he was you know trying to bite off my button on my shirt. I, I, I man, I don't know what's going on. I am happy. I'm, I'm happy. You know, it's been a long time since I had a puppy, and it seems like we get along just well. 
And uh, right now he's in he's in like I say he's in the studio here with me, and um, wonderfully distracted himself. <laughs> And I'm trying not to let him distract me. So y'all pray for it, brother. <laughs> We're going. It's going to be fun together. I'm looking forward to watching him grow and grow myself. And uh, you know, I'm a therapist, and, and I'm learning how. I I, I knew about pet therapy. Um, I, I know I, I've I've uh, recommended it as an intervention in some of the sessions I've I've had in the past, and uh, I, I'm finding. That it's just as good now for me, <laughs> and it's wonderful. I tell you, it's really helped me. The other day, I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I'm already silly, but the other day he he was bored, and I was bored, and uh, I had finished some work, and he was like, "Well, what are we gonna do?" He looked at me like, you know, those big puppy eyes. I, I just couldn't resist. Turn on a little Zydeco music and tried to swing out, you know, and tried to do a little dancing, and of course he. He looked at me like, you have no idea what you're doing, <laughs> which I didn't, and I didn't mind. He didn't care. And next thing you know, this joker starts whirling around like he's chasing his tail or something. And <laughs> it was like, you had to be there to see it. You know? So I'm I'm happy. I, I'm, I'm excited about uh, this new addition to my family. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm a proud papa. <laughs> you go to my pay, uh, Facebook page. On my personal Facebook page, you you can find some pictures of me and and uh, and Jackson. I, I titled it the Pastor and His Puppy. <laughs> but uh, see, right now he's even trying to distract me. Trying, to, uh, I tell you, it's wonderful to have him in here. You know, I, I can have a little bit of fun while I'm doing the show. But anyway, I'm glad to be back. Uh, got a long week. Had a wonderful week. A little time to rest and. Kind of get some things done. Started a new class, and we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, later on in the show. And we got a lot going on at the church, and um, we'll be doing a uh, announcement about that also. So, we thank you for joining us. Appreciate you for calling in. Uh, get your thoughts in there. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about overcoming powerness to behold, to have a uh, freedom and a whole life, and that's going to be what we talk about. Um, Coming from getting some ideas from uh, Greg Anderson, uh, 22 Non-Negotiable Laws of Wellness, a uh, wonderful book that I came across, um, and also as you uh, used as a textbook, of course, uh, and uh, some interesting things that he talks about in the spiritual laws that I want to talk about as far as overcoming powerlessness, uh, spiritual laws of um, – I told you I'm getting distracted already – the spiritual laws that he talks about, um, uh, forgiveness, gratitude, and personal peace. So we're going to uh, – at the bottom, here, bottom uh, half of the show, we're going to get into that, um, overcoming the powerlessness, the spiritual laws. And I um, want to get your, your insights and opinions on that. But before we do that, there's some other news I want to get to, uh, and you know I, I'm I'm silly as always, but I found some interesting news, that, and sometimes you just gotta laugh. And the first this first story I came across, I don't know whether to laugh at it or well, it's a serious matter. It really is. Uh, this weekend, the World World Health Organization uh made a report not this weekend today as a matter of fact they just released this report that gonorrhea um you know the sexual transmitted disease gonorrhea is growing resistant to the drugs that they have and and could soon become untreatable i know that's scary it is scary and and i i take the story serious uh you know i encourage those of you who are sexually active, get tested. I've been tested, and you probably wonder what the preacher needs to be tested. I wish I could say I have been sexually poor, sexually pure as a as a pastor and as a single pastor and preacher, but I'd be lying. Um, and but one thing I um, and why yeah yeah probably that's a whole different we talk about that on a whole different thing. Uh, but getting treated, uh, get tested is is important. Uh, um, as I mentioned a couple of weeks. Last a uh, couple of months ago, April, our church our church hosted um, 
a memorial workshop, quilt shop, where we honored the memory of those uh, in the African-American community here in Jackson, Mississippi, who succumbed to the disease of AIDS. And uh, one of the key one of the key problems is that, particularly in the black community, uh, we don't get tested for AIDS or uh, sexually transmitted disease. That's why we have uh, the highest rate, particularly uh, black females have the highest HIV rate, uh, AIDS rate in uh, in the world, uh, well, in the States. Uh, it's, it's a pandemic in Africa and also in uh, India's becoming a pandemic. And uh, there, there's a lot of contributing factors to it, but largely the, the largest contributing factor is the fact that uh, people don't get tested. And uh, with with a lot of states passing these new sex education laws, and I, I think it's really critical. I, I think it's important that that people get tested for all kinds of sexually transmitted disease. You know, and I I personally I recommend that you you know. If you can, abstain. If not, use protection. Either way, seek the Lord and try to get out of it and be delivered from it uh, if you can. If you can't, well, you know, just beg forgiveness. I, I know I'm being light on that, but then again, that's another thing to talk about at another time. But uh, it's saying that uh, the organism basically has been developing a resistance to every medication that they've thrown at it. And within a couple of years, gonorrhea uh, may be resist to any kind of treatment that they have available at this present time. So, you know, uh, uh, and they're looking for it. They're trying to trying to stay abreast of it. But you know, it's a scary thing. I think about in the earlier 20th century, in uh, 19th century, 20th century, when these serial diseases were uh, rampant and uh, people were dying to them, or um, like syphilis and um, primarily syphilis. And gonorrhea, going untested, you know, syphilis causing blindness. Y'all remember that they did that test on black men giving them syphilis? Uh, that happened, I, I want to say in Tuskegee. Yeah, Tuskegee experiment or something like that. But anyway, so um, I, I thought this was an interesting story. It's a, it's a serious story. But I guess it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny because a lot of people, you know, I, I remember uh, growing up watching um, one of my relatives <laughs> uh, joke about it. Listening to one of my relatives joke about uh, catching uh, uh, the clap with chlamydia and the clap and gonorrhea and and uh, joking about you know it burning when he, when he urinated. It, it was hilarious. I, I and that's the comical thing. And you know, I knew a lot of a lot of guys, um, a lot of guys who who had it and you know had to take pills for it and and talked about it in high school and junior high. It, it was, you know, it was something to mock, but it's really a serious serious issue. Anyway, I digress. Uh, second story here is really, I, I mean, this story here really got my attention, and it is really funny. So. This weekend, uh, a woman decides she'd do something very, very different. Uh, well, not different. She decided she smoked pot. So she smoked some pot. But uh, I guess she smoked a little bit too much because she drove her, drove away with her five-week-old son in the child safety seat on top of her car. I said it, yeah. She drove with the baby in the child seat. On top of the car. That's how high she was. That's just ridiculous. It. I, I don't know what to say on that one. But the baby fell off. And uh, according to a report on Rudders, uh, you can go to Rudders, the Rudders uh, website and find the report uh, that um, although the baby fell out in the middle of an intersection, it was unharmed and was still strapped into the seat. So at least she has a chance to strap him into the seat, but to drive off, man. Uh, y'all remember those commercials? Those commercials on co- uh, television used to come on Saturday mornings. And I know uh, <laughs> it have the skillet pan and the egg and said, have the egg said, and crack the egg and said, this is your brain. And then put the egg 
in a skillet with butter and it starts frying and said, this is your brain on drugs. Any questions? <laughs> I think her brain was fried. But hey, what do I know? I, I, I don't know anything. I just thought it was. I'm glad the the child was 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 uh was safe, and doesn't mention the ra- doesn't mention uh, um the condition of the mother, if, you know, psychologically. But uh, child was safe, and of course, the child has been removed from the care of the mother, and I'm sure the mother has learned her lesson. Don't do drugs. <laughs> just say no. <laughs> just say no. Uh, y'all, I told y'all Jackson is distracting me. I, he found something to to gnaw on, and it's just so cute. Anyway, I digress again. I'm going to take a quick break so I can get myself together, and Jackson won't be chewing on everything. And we'll come back on the break. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Wisconsin uh, recall election and uh, how does it affect how that affects uh, the upcoming election for the president and for Christians. And then after that, we'll get into our um, main topic for the day. So we're going to take a quick break. Be right right after this. best tourism season in years. All because so many people wanted to visit us in Louisiana. They came to see us in Florida. Nice try. They came to hang out with us in Alabama. Once folks heard Mississippi had the welcome sign off, they couldn't wait to get here. This year was great, but next year is going to be even better. And anyone who knows the golf knows that winter is prime time fun time. Sun's out. The water's beautiful. You can go deep sea fishing for amberjack, grouper, and mackerel. Our golf courses are open. Our bed and breakfast have special rates. And migrating waterfowl from all over make this a bird watcher's paradise. So if you missed it earlier this year, come on down. If you've already been here, come on back to Mississippi, Florida, Louisiana, Alabama. The golf's America's getaway spot, no matter where you go. So come on down and help make 2012 an even better year for tourism on the Gulf. Brought to you by BP and all of us who call the Gulf home. Good morning, freedom. Hello, adventure. Today is yours. To find your can-do spirit, your will-do strength, to chart new paths and rediscover old ones. Capability has found its versatility. Making all days and all terrains equal. Go ahead. Raise your hands. Lower your foot. Make pursuit of the unexpected unrelenting. Today is yours to go find your power. And where you'll find it is within. question to ask is, why would anyone want to limit the iPhone? We don't. Truly unlimited data for your iPhone, only from Sprint. It was just gigantic. It was humongous. Enormous, huge bill. That's actually when we switched to Vonage. The service is great. I don't see any difference with the call quality. More, I can just pick up the phone and call. As many family members as I want. Ugh, why did I not do this earlier? I'm Laura Pruden, and this was my last bill before I switched to Vonage. Time is running out to get Vonage World for just $14.99 a month with unlimited domestic and international calls. Go to Vonage.com or call now. 
All right, welcome back to Zero Today again. Welcome to the show. Appreciate you for joining in. I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and we're glad that you're here. If you want to get your comments, thoughts, inspirations, aspirations, whatever you want to get on the air, call 347-237-5230. Hit us up at gmail, pastorlorenzoneal at gmail.com. Again, chat room is down today, so we don't have the chat room up, but uh, there's still plenty of time to get, uh, plenty of ways to get in touch with us. Uh, and we appreciate all of you who are liking the show. The show is growing. Um, we appreciate it. We want to increase as uh, increase as God enables and empowers us to do so. And with your support, we're doing that. And we just thank you, all 25 of you who listen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about overcoming powerlessness uh, to be free and live a whole life. And, but before we get into that, I just wanted to address the um, recall election for the Wisconsin recall election. And, um, uh, the Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker uh, made history yesterday um, as his name was put up for recall. And, you know, the people, uh, he got, he had some fierce opposition because he was attempting to be fiscally conservative. Uh, he, he stood up to what some consider bullies, uh, unions, powerhouses, lobbyists, uh, when he he cut, he cut, and he cut. And, you know, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, people are crying out. They're, they're asking more fiscal responsibility from, uh, from their uh, politicians. And when they get them, when they get there, they get mad. And the only way that you can really... Save money is by cutting stuff. You know, we have to do it in our personal budgets. We have to have to cut back spending. We have to adjust, and and that's what he's doing. And and you know, most of the ones who got upset about it were teachers. And and I'm gonna be honest with you. I sympathize and empathize with the teachers. I I'm a am I'm an educator. Although I'm me, I'm not teaching. I'm not in the classroom now. Uh, you know, I spent a great deal of my life in the classroom as a student, and of course as a teacher. And I was a member of two. Uh, Educator uh, unions, teachers unions, paid my dues and reaped the benefits of them. Uh, and I, I didn't, I didn't support quite a lot of what they were doing uh, in in my parish at the time. You, you know, you had to be uh, in Louisiana. You had to be a member of a union, whether you wanted to or not. It was required. And you know, they took the dues out of your paycheck. So hey, wasn't you know, wasn't that big a deal. Uh, but the the issue is always over benefits and and what we're seeing now state state legislature state budgets are crunched the the government budget is crunched simply because uh you know all these all these obligations that were 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 given decades ago are now coming having to be reaped and the funds are not there and they're borrowing and you know trying to you know what they robbed from Peter to pay Paul kind of thing, and and is keeping the country, keeping a lot of states in, in deficit. Look at budget, especially like California, states like California where they're virtually bankrupt. States like, um, well, a lot of them, you know, a lot of these states are just just moving on, and and even local governments like Detroit, uh, you know, all but bankrupt. And yet they have all these obligations to their uh, employee through pensions and things of that nature. They have to they have to take care of. Um, it, it's a hard thing. But the question is really is what does this recall say about uh, the upcoming election, both the presidential you know presidential and upcoming uh, 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 congressional elections? What does it say about that? Well, I, I was listening to a lot of the pundits this morning. On the news shows, various talk news shows, and uh, a lot of them are saying that it's going to give Obama a, a good challenge. Obama has to, President Obama has to step up to the plate regarding uh, fiscal accountability and fiscal responsibility. And, and it, you, you can't ignore the fact that for the past three years or so, he's kind of been shifting the, uh, and he he has so you know he does have some merit to it. Is saying that um, he inherited a large 
portion, uh, the first portion of the, uh, the deficit he inherited from Bush, and you know, make no qualms about it, Bush spent more domestically than any other president in history. Um, so, uh, even though he was coined a conservative, um, he wasn't technically, I mean, by standards, he wasn't a fiscal conservative. Matter of fact, I, th- I think the only real fiscal conservative that's ever been in the spotlight at all is, is Ron Paul, you know, and he's li- one of the libertarian Republicans, and, and you know, he's presented things to uh, as a congressman, you know, that actually makes more sense than any other major party representatives, including Romney, are, are presenting. But, you know, what do I know? I don't know anything. But I, I, it's, it's going to be interesting how this is, turns up, you know, when when you talk about uh, the people, and, and um, and particularly in a swing state like Wisconsin, uh, if they're if they're thinking it is serious enough, it wasn't serious enough to uh, recall their governor, and that they're going to give the they're going to allow their governor time to to do his job. Then maybe maybe there's some merit there. Um, the question is, will that will that roll over to Congress and the presidential election? Will those people vying for Congress um, receive the message from the state of Wisconsin that the people want their uh, elected officials to do the job that needs to be done to get them back where they need to be, or will they just follow in trends? You know, just elect. Someone by party affiliation, just because they've been voting that way all that time, and they stay stuck in the same fiscal strap, you know, that they've been in, and it doesn't get any better. So this is going to be interesting. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. It doesn't matter whether you're Democrat or Republican. It doesn't matter. The issue is about um, should the leader be able to do his job, and if cuts are part of that job, like Governor Chris Christie of uh, New Jersey has been doing, and and he's been logged and heralded for for um, and celebrated for for some of the things that he's been implemented and standing up to the the bullies. So I don't know. And there, there, Democratic par, uh, Party uh, uh, elected officials who are doing the same. It's about saving the you know saving the people, helping the people, and what does it say? Uh, stimulating the economy in some way. How can you stimulate the economy? Create jobs. Give money back to people without uh without raising taxes and all that stuff. So that's something that's going to be looking into. Y'all, Jackson has got me so distracted. I I don't know. He's trying to jump in my chair. I, this guy, I tell you, he, he's something else. He, he, I, y'all pray for me. <laughs> y'all pray for me. It's so fun watching him do whatever he's doing. I don't know what he's trying to do. And y'all can hear him. Bless his heart. <laughs> uh, quick break, and then we get back into the get into the main topic today: uh, overcoming powerlessness. So we'll be right back after this. to start your own home business through IncomeAtHome.com. As a success coach, I'm here to guide people like Karen who need to earn serious money from home. We were living payday to payday, and with four teenagers at home, we were worried. 
By the third month, I was banking more than $2,600. After only 18 months, I was consistently earning more than $7,000 a month. Now, it's a six-figure income, and I'm paying cash for college for four kids. We found our way out of rat race. Listen, this isn't selling soap or energy water to your friends. This is a real business bringing potential customers to your computer so you can earn money 24-7. Incomeathome.com is affiliated with a multi-billion dollar company and carries a triple A rating. So how much money do you need to earn each month from home? Visit Incomeathome.com right now for your chance to win $1,000. The Game of Life with the Prius C, a high-stakes world where some descend into total loserdom while others triumphantly return home to their Tudor houses. The real game of life is no more forgiving, but luckily you're ready to grab it by the throat and jujitsu it into submission. And with all the important things to do and places to go, you're going to need a game piece that will move you to the next level. That car, my friends, is the all-new 53-mile-per-gallon rated Prius C from Toyota. muddy water around. Swiffer Wet Jet's new upgraded solution helps prevent streaks and residue to reveal more shine than a mop or your money back. Hey, if you're in the Jackson metro area, I want to take church school convention on Friday and Saturday, June 8th and 9th. Uh, it's from 8 in the morning all day, all day Friday and all day Saturday. It'll be a lot of good teaching, instructors, and um, good for kids to come out, and we'll have a wonderful thing going on. It's also going to be celebrating the homecoming activities for the Georgetown community in Jackson, Mississippi. So if you can, come on out, New Bethel Amy Church, church, church school convention. like to see you there. I wasn't born to push papers. I was born to push myself. To go where I'm needed. To keep this country safe. I was born with the backbone and brain power to take on any mission. This is my office. I was born ready. GoCoastGuard.com All right, welcome back to Zero Today again with your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Today we're going to be talking about uh, this last segment. We're going to be uh, talking about overcoming powerlessness uh, to live free and whole. And uh, we're drawing some of this information from uh, Greg Anderson's book, The 22 Law, Non-Negotiable Laws of Wellness, and also from uh, Scripture. Uh, and we're going to get into that in a minute. But, y'all, I, I got to tell you what, during the break, uh, my 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 little buddy here just crawled into my lap, and I, I don't know if he's trying to get on air or what. Yeah, I, I have no idea. He, he crawled, it, jumped in my lap, and he he knows I'm on the air. He's looking at me like, and right now he's just you know he's just chilling. He's comfortable. I like that. <laughs> I don't know if I should have him on it, uh, do the show with him every day, <laughs> all the time. But anyway, I digress. So uh, again, welcome back. We're talking about. Um, Talking about overcoming powerlessness and um, normally call in to get your information, uh, information, your inside opinion on the air is three four seven two three seven five two three zero, 
and we'll be looking forward to hearing about you. So when we talk about uh, powerlessness, of course, the first thing we got to ask is, you know, what what is the definition of powerlessness and and uh, what do we mean by powerlessness? Um, if you go by the dictionary definition, uh, I I just got a couple of definitions from uh, online dictionaries and um, lack of strength, lack of power, helpless, ineffectual, and um, uh, in some cases lacking legal order authority. So. It's, that's one definition. Uh, as far as um, regarding, uh, I'm coming from it from the perspective of uh, from a counseling perspective, and and you see powerlessness in the realm of addictions, and, and like many of you, you don't, you may not want to admit it, but we're all recovering addicts of some kind. Um, may not be drugs, <laughs> may be a person. Maybe maybe a, a movie, uh, you know, it's something we're we're all recovering addicts from something. We we've allowed something to um, disable us in in some capacity or another, and that disability has led us to do things we normally wouldn't do, be people we normally would not be, um, kind of have that sense of being out of control, and. Have no solution and have no means of uh, uh, or authority or having no sense of authority to to act in, in an empowered way, and so that's what in, in my context of powerlessness. That's that's where uh, I like to start from. Um, there's a story, uh, there's, uh, John chapter five, and I, it's this probably is one of the most uh, familiar stories in John chapter 5 other than the story of raising uh, the woman in the well, at the well and the raising of Lazarus from the dead in John chapter 5 you have the first um, I think 12 or so verses um, first 15 verses and you can go through and read that 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 story. John chapter five talks about the the pool of Bethesda, uh, the five porches there, and there was a man at one of the porches who was lame from birth, uh, and he had been laying there at this specific spot for thirty eight years. He had this infirmity for thirty eight years, and for thirty eight years, someone would bring him to this pool and would leave him there. And he would wait like all the others who were desiring some type of healing for the angel of the Lord to come and stir the water. And the legend was that once the the water was stirred by the angel, the first person in there would be healed of their infirmity. And in in the story, Christ comes to the this pool, and Christ being a healer, uh, his reputation having preceded him. People knowing that he was a healer and uh, he had healed many, he cast out devils. He he had authority over all these things, and it amazed people at his t- of his time um, that he was able to do such things. And he comes to this man who has this infirmity for thirty eight years, and looking upon this this man, he asks, um, "Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be well, made whole? Do you you know?" And I can imagine, let, let me go over to my preachers to use my sanctified imagination, hearing that, that man say, why are you asking me a dumb question like that? The only reason that I'm here and the only reason I have been coming here for all these years is because I want to be made whole. And, and, and you know, again, this is this is insinuating that this is not direct quote for this. <laughs> you ain't going to find that in, in John chapter 5. But. So this man with this infirmity, 38 years, uh, has an encounter with Christ, and this is what he asks. This is how he answers Christ. Christ. Uh, he uh, when Christ asked him um, after knowing that he had been there for a long time, he said, "Do you want to be made whole?" And the impotent man said. Sir, I have no man when the weather is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. 
that man had a sense of powerlessness that one I can identify with. I don't know about you, but I certainly can identify with the the sense of powerlessness that he had. Nobody coming to his aid. Uh, again, I, I said initially that the people were always bring somebody was bringing him there, but whoever was bringing him there. Or if he had been lying there all that time in various conditions, you know, weather conditions or whatever, uh, seeing seeing that he could have had someone help him, no one chose to help him. And even if he did have the means to do so, he said that um, even when I, if I did, somebody always beats me to the punch. And and that sense of powerlessness, you know, it, it kind of, it stands out. In his answer, and I guess he expected Jesus to be um, compassionate and said, okay, you want me to help you. But instead, he doesn't get that. Instead, this is what Christ says to him after his answer about not having anybody when the word is troubled to put him in there and then somebody beating him in there. Jesus says, well, take up your bed and walk. And, and a lot of people have, have always wondered, is there a missing part in that verse somewhere in this Pericopia scripture? Is there a missing part? Because Jesus abruptly says, take up your bed and walk. And in other passages in, similar to this where Christ does miracles, there's some type of instruction aside from um, – some type of teaching aside from uh, giving a command, a direct command, and yet realizing – the need of the man, he he doesn't doesn't teach him. He doesn't give him any type of insight as to what will happen if he does. So he simply gives the command to take up his bed, and of course the man um, does so. We don't know if he does it reluctantly. We don't know if he does it um, willingly, but he does. And in doing so, he violates a rule of the Sabbath about working, carrying a mat, and so the Pharisees see him carrying his mat, and to them, to them, he's just another individual. He's whole now, by the way. He's been healed. He leaves the pool, the place that he's been for the past 38 years, and finally gets free, and now comes under uh, religious persecution, another, uh, another sense of powerlessness, powerlessness enabled by uh, religion, and the powerlessness enabled by the religion enacted about enacted out by the Pharisees uh, encounter with him says, "Well, you know you're violating the Sabbath. You're not supposed to be doing that, and well, you're not a good person because you violated the Sabbath." And he replies, "Say, well, I didn't know anything. I hadn't walked in 38 years." <laughs> and and um and. I said he said he tells him and said I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do it just I was following the instructions of the man who told me to do it and they're like well who told you to do it I don't know all I know is he told me to do it and I did it and I'm healed and uh, so it's interesting it's an interesting story and of course later on um, Jesus sees him in the temple and and seeing him in the temple says uh, make sure you take care of yourself and. Don't fall into another sin, let something worse come on you. And I found that interesting. That's another story. That's another teaching for another day. But let's look into this. The sense of powerlessness this man had um, regarding his inability to receive the healing that he wanted or he he needed. And his impotence. Because the scripture, the Bible calls him impotent. And not impotent in the way that we knew, we know it now. <laughs> <laughs> but impotent in the fact that he was immobile, he was unable to help himself, unable to aid himself, and because he couldn't help himself, he didn't. Didn't he, uh, we can infer that he didn't try to get any others to help him? You can infer that he um, he may have solicited help early on. You know, the first two three years he may have solicited help, and eventually just tired of soliciting help, and you know, just thought people would good, have good nature. He didn't, and it never happened. Uh, so let, let's deal with this issue of powerlessness. How do we overcome powerlessness, especially if you're an addict, a recovering addict, uh, if you're suffering from um, dependency issues, anything like that? Um, how do you overcome that? Uh, Y'all, 
action just fell out my lap. <laughs> oh, bless his heart. Bless his heart. He ain't hurt. He's all right. See, I told you I'm going to be distracted. So, uh, let's, let's get back to what I was saying before I was so rudely distracted. Uh, how are we overcoming that? Well, uh, Anderson, Greg Anderson, uh, presents uh, 22 laws in six different categories, seven different categories. And one of the categories, uh, the laws, are uh, is the spiritual laws. And spiritual laws he lists as uh, forgiveness, gratitude, and uh, personal peace. Now, those things sound good, and of course, are very necessary. But what, what, what does it take? What does this encompass? What does forgiveness encompass? How does that help you overcome powerlessness? What does, what does uh, gratitude encompass, and how does that over help you overcome powerlessness, and especially personal peace? How does, what does that mean, and how does it uh, help you overcome? Well, let's look at forgiveness. Christ says this in the model prayer uh, that we say all the time, the Lord's Prayer. In, the, in part of that Lord's Prayer, he says, and forgive us our debts, or some people say trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass or who are indebted to us. In both sense, what we find is a liberation that comes from forgiving being forgiven by God for our sins, as the uh, the psalmist writes in Psalm 32, blesses the man whose sins are forgiven, whose transgressions are remembered no more. Um, and in that sense, we become empowered because we understand the grace and mercy of God that uh, covers a multitude of faults, as Paul writes in Galatians, and Peter writes also, that covers a multitude of faults, multitude of sins. The charity of God, the love of God does that. And the grace of God empowers us to not continue in sin that that grace would abound, will continue to uh, abound. No, he forbids that. But he does give us a sense of being forgiven and that sense of forgiveness, that, that means of forgiveness, that gift of grace and mercy empowers us to not feel powerless because we understand now that our sins are, are as removed from God as far as the east is from the west. Um, they are removed from God. He remembers them no more. And it's so in the same manner, we should do the same for others. As a matter of fact, when Peter asked uh, Jesus, well, how many times must I forgive my brothers? And Jesus answered him 70 times 7, 490 times. And, and some people have taken that literally say, I only have 490 times to forgive somebody. <laughs> or 490 times to forgive in life. And they, they figure that, well, I'm on 488. <laughs> and But that, you know, of course they're stretching it. And uh, I don't think that was meant to be taken literally. Uh, well, but then again, if you're a purist in Scripture, of course you would say that would be taken literally because the red, words are in red. And in, the words are in red. They are said to have been spoken by the Christ, and if they were spoken by the Christ, they are the reign of the living word, yada, 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 so forth and so on. But anyway, so forgiveness leads to uh, being empowered. No longer a sense of powerlessness because you know you're forgiven by God, and you are therefore empowered to do the same to someone else. And if God remembers your sins no more, then you should do the same. You don't be like the the um, the un, unwise steward who his master forgave him of his huge debt, and then he found somebody who owed him a few dollars, and he asked him to be cast into prison. You know, had the harshest punishment for him, and as a result of that, uh, he too was cast into get into jail. So that's you know. You don't want to be like that. So let's talk. Let's move on to uh, uh, the spiritual law uh, of uh, gratitude. And again, I'm pulling most of this from uh, uh, Greg Anderson's book, The Twenty Two Non Negotiable Laws of Wellness. And and one of the laws that he speaks of is the spiritual laws. And again, the spiritual laws that he he touches on are forgiveness, gratitude, and personal peace. And when we talk about gratitude, gratitude is probably so 
fulfilling and more empowering than anything. We give out of gratitude. If we don't feel that we have been uh we if we don't feel gracious towards someone for something, we in turn are not gracious to others. And that sense of gratitude and again in light of forgiveness, when you put those when you put gratitude you you realize uh God is a loving kind. God's is loving kind, you know, loving kindness. And I know loving kindness is one of the fruit of the Spirit, as mentioned by Paul. But uh, the significance of being grateful, expressing gratefulness for what you have, don't have, what you did have, what you want to have, what you can't get, any of it, you know, that that is empowering. Because again, you you're looking beyond yourself. You uh, reaching out to the, the higher authority, the Creator Himself, the Eternal Now, uh, the the One who is the Provider, the Sustainer, the Giver, Creator, all of that. Uh, and you be gracious. What happens is if you you lose a sense of powerlessness because you understand that you don't control what you. you there are some things you can't control. What you get, you know, you can you can control. Your, the way you acquire wealth. If he gives you the power to get wealth, you can you can control the way the means of acquiring that wealth uh, through your talents, through your stewardship. Uh, all those things are fruitful toward the, uh, acquiring great wealth, and that creates gratefulness. And by showing gratitude towards others, again, by showing gratitude towards God for forgiveness, you in turn have a greater sense of purpose. You have a greater awareness of your own human frailty. And as Paul writes, you're more likely to help someone who is overtaken in a fault because you realize that you yourself could be in the same condition. Uh, and, and gratitude is powerful in itself. Expressing gratitude uh, uh, releases scientific, chemically, or it does something, it releases those endorphins. That uh, those are positive emotions, those positive things that that help uh, help have a fulfilling life. You know, you know, the more positive, the more endorphins you relieve. You know, all that good stuff, uh, the brain chemistry things that I don't know much about. <laughs> but though it has a way of doing so. I mean, when you when you wake up and you say, "I'm grateful for the day. I'm thankful for the day. I'm thankful for what I have." And I think the most uh, the ones who are the who have the less tend to be the great more grateful than the ones who have more. And I know from my own personal experience, the more I've gotten, the less grateful I've, I've been towards God because I have assumed I acquired it of myself. But when I realize, you know, we're always grateful when the big miracles happen. It's the big stuff that we acknowledge God for, and it's not the the, the other things that we should be acknowledging Him for, which is uh, everyday life, breathing, health, strength. You know, those things that we don't. We take for granted, but having uh, an attitude of gratitude. <laughs> I used to have a bulletin board in one of my classrooms that had that on there. You know, have an attitude of gratitude. It was really cool. Uh, but yeah, gratitude uh, not only does it release the necessary chemical reactions in your brain that enhance your life and and, and, and you know positively, but also gives you a more holistic approach to. Um, your daily, your daily life gives you a holistic approach, realizing that you're fleeting. You know, every moment is fleeting. Uh, your are a fleeting breath. It comes and goes. And, and Scripture says that the grass withers. You know, man is cut down like that. So it, it's that that their gratefulness for the everyday moment. It, it's, it's a very powerful thing. And this last thing I'm going to touch on, the last thing, again, one of the spiritual laws is personal peace. And I'm going to be the first one to tell you, I still struggle with that. Uh, there's, a, there's a sense of powerlessness when you when you recognize that you have lost something or someone, uh, when you recognize that you are being manipulated by something or someone, controlled by something or someone, you have a, you have a tendency to have less uh, personal peace. Personal peace is uh, in this consumption-driven world is is hard to come by because if you, if you if you go by the standards of the world, 
to achieve peace is a, a gathering of things. And Christ himself taught uh, during his Sermon on the Mount, he says that um, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth can get through and it can corrupt and then decay. But instead, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust or anything like that can happen. And then he also further on says that um, you want to achieve peace by finding uh, the God who creates peace and understanding that as long as you're in your own world, you're going to have all kinds of tribulations, but be of good cheer knowing that he has overcome the world for you. And, and uh, James writes in chapter chapter 1, we love to quote it all the time, you know, talks about uh, when you're going through trials and tribulations, count it all joy because these go towards building you holistically, making you whole and entire, lacking nothing. And then don't blame it on God because God is not the tempter, uh, as some do. So personal peace. Um, there are several approaches that you can to have, and, and Anderson writes about this. Uh, perhaps the greatest one, of course, is prayer, spending time with the Father uh, who desires to commune with you. Spending time with him allows you to do that, allows you to get that personal peace, that, that sense of uh, what Paul writes, a peace that passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And that that sense of peace translates into better affairs, better communication, better relationships. Uh, Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4 regarding this peace, and he talks about being content. Uh, in, in verse after verse thirteen, when he says that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him, uh, he talks. Uh, I mean, well, before verse thirteen, he talks about being content in no matter the situation, where the state he was in, he had learned to be how both to abound, be abound, and to be abased. And I think that's lacking, particularly now in, in our modern Christian church, in Western evangelicalism. We we find that that lack of contentment, uh, and Paul writes to Timothy, uh, the author of Timothy uh, writes that uh, godliness with contentment is great gain. Right. Um, so finding personal peace is a powerful means of becoming free and whole, and um, it's liberating when you can do that, when when you can get that balance and and find that connection with the Holy One, find that connection with the Holy, the, the eternal now. And I, I use this eternal now. I borrow it from Paul Tillich, uh, one of my favorite uh, Christian philosophers, existential philosophers and theologians. Um, the eternal now is that sense of awareness that God exists continually and that exists with him. So that gives you a sense of peace that passes all understanding. And that personal peace is empowering and helps you overcome uh, helps you overcome that, that sense of powerlessness. Well, I, I've run out of time. I, I, I hope you've enjoyed. I probably have to continue this on another day. But I, I just do hope you enjoyed the show. Again, we try to come every Wednesday, and we've enjoyed this time we have with you. We invite you to come back again. Join us next week for another time with us on Zero Today. But until then, live life to the fullest, glorify God, and be thankful and grateful for every good and every perfect gift comes from God who does not withhold any good thing from him. Till then, we uh, greet you. Uh, if you can in your Jackson area, come out this weekend on Friday and Saturday to our church school convention at New Bethel. And we look forward to you. So till then, God's richest blessings be upon you. We're out. Say bye, Jackson. Uh, I guess you don't want to. Take care. Bye.